1: Hello, I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Today, I'm hosting Will Jawando, who is a civil rights and education policy attorney and community leader. He's the author of My Seven Black Fathers, a young activist's memoir of race, family, and the mentors who made him whole. I'm speaking with Will at his home by remote connection Welcome, Will, to the New Dimensions Cafe.
2: Thank you for having me, Justine.
1: It's my pleasure. Mentoring has made a huge difference in your life. So please share with us how mentoring can provide crucial support for young people, particularly young Black men.
2: Well, mentoring is vital. Um, it's not only Statistically proven to do so, but in the lives of young black men and boys, and all children and all people, uh, these mentoring moments, these fathering, these mothering moments, uh, or relationships, can have a dramatic impact. And and that certainly was my story. Uh, I chronicle in in my Seven Black Fathers these seven men who stepped in and filled a void uh, that was created by the absence of my father in my early life, and gave me the tools, the skills, the love, and forgiveness to be a whole person. Uh, and it was done in very different ways over different periods of time. And I just know that they changed the trajectory of my life. There's so many, like my friend Calfani, who didn't have these relationships, who's not here. And I I just want that for all children. I want these relationships. And for black men and boys, literally the power to save and change lives is within the bones and DNA of other engaged black men. And that certainly was my experience and something that I think is happening across the country, but we need to have more of.
1: And I know that in your book, you mentioned the seven people, but within the pages and within your life story, there are, are many others that you mention along the way. And And it's true that mentoring may not have to be long-term. It can be something that just happens quickly. It can be like mentoring in so far as a phone call that we might be able to make as a person of influence to help some young person in their life, in their trajectory.
2: And that's absolutely right. You know, the great thing about engaging and being intentional Uh, intentionality is a through line in, in all of these relationships is that, uh, you know, as the father of four young children, I'm intentional in the time that I spend with them, no matter how long it is or short it is, I give them attention and that I think can happen in a moment. It can happen over months or years, but it has to be intentional. And the beauty of these relationships is that they yield other relationships And that uh, I describe that in the book as well, that I have these seven Black fathers, but there are men and women and other people uh, and peer mentors that come from the fruit of this great tree that is their fatherhood, their mentorship. And I think one of the things I hope is a call to action here is that imagine if this version of a village was around all of us, and particularly our Black young men and boys, Uh, to envelop them and every relationship and contact they had was positive for however short and forever brief. It was, there were these intentional relationships. And I think one of the unfortunate things about mentorship is that people shy away from it because either they don't have anything to offer or they don't have enough time, but no, we all have something to give within some context. And I think none of these men were perfect. None of these people in the book are perfect. None of us are perfect, but we all have something to contribute uh, to the wholeness of each other.
1: So, what I hear from you is for us to pay attention in the moment of what's happening. Absolutely. Like, uh, how can I be of help? If I wake up in the morning and say, okay, my prayer today is to be of help. And then, second to that prayer, would be, help me pay attention to how I can be of help. And I may be surprised by that. Would you concur with this? Absolutely.
2: And then, realize acts big and small to you uh, or small things can be big to somebody else. And, you know, one of the things that struck me in interviewing five of my seven black fathers who are alive for the book is that they didn't realize several of them, the impact they had on me. And I think that's often true of of the receiver often uh, benefits more something small from someone else or something that they just do because they're trying to be kind or trying to be nice that they would do for anybody can have an outsized and a lasting impact on someone else. And uh, so, yes, be intentional. uh, Think about how you can be of service uh, and realize that that can have reverberations for 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 many, many years.
1: I can think of uh, my late husband, Michael Toms. He participated in a brief film or production about suicide prevention, because we have experienced that in our family. And I remember one story in particular that came out in that production. And it was someone who was on their way to committing suicide, and they were in a cab. And the cab driver just said a few words to this person, whatever it was that they said that showed a little bit of caring toward their passenger that this person decided not to go through with it. And that was just a moment, just a little passing thing that, I mean, really changed the trajectory of that person's life. Absolutely. So I hear what you're saying, that it can be a passing moment, and we may not even know the effects that we have on another.
2: Yeah. I think we often don't, both positively and negatively. And, and it's one of those things that why we should be intentional about having positive interactions, um, because there's power there.
1: I know that you grew up in the way that you grew up as a young Black man. Basketball was a big deal you know in all pretty much all your childhood and and you get to university and talk about a negative influence there was someone who really uh, for whatever reason and I'm talking about a certain coach in your life that just really took all the joy out of it can you describe about that and then how that got changed later on in your relationship with President Barack Obama.
2: Yes, my college coach at Catholic University, who really takes the joy of the game that I've loved since I was, since I meet Calfani in fifth grade, um, even before that, from me. And I end up quitting the team because of abuse and confrontations and, a, you know, kind of hellish experience with this coach who is just really mean and mean-spirited. Not just to me, but especially to me, because I had a thing of my mother used to always say, I had my soapbox, I'd always stand up for people. And when you stand up, you you often catch the brunt of bullies. And I end up quitting the team. But you know, it's one of those things that if I had not quit that team, I probably wouldn't have formed the NAACP chapter at Catholic University and had the time on my hands to do that and found my road to activism. But it came back full circle when I uh, am able to experience the joy of basketball again and playing with Barack Obama when I'm working with him in the White House and fast forward several years later, I'm playing basketball with him on my first father's day, celebrating being a father to my daughter Aaliyah, who's now going to be 12 this year and but also the sport and game that I love with with one of my father mentors and uh, couldn't have imagined that just uh, that was two thousand eleven, just almost. 10 years earlier when I was, you know, exiting the team at Catholic. And so it it was one of those negative experiences that helped put me on a trajectory and helped me encounter some of my other mentors. And then it was an opportunity for healing and uh, kind of joy in the game I love later on.
1: And as you speak of President Obama, he mentored you about what it's like to become a father and how that will change your life. And there's this great photo, and you mentioned it in the book. And so I I went online and I found this photo where President Obama, I think he's in the Oval Office, and he's holding up your... Darling, baby, Aaliyah, and smiling at her, and I think it was called the photo of the day. It just made my heart sing.
2: Well, yeah, it was. It was one of those great moments. If you Google Aaliyah Jawando, she has more hits than me. You know, it's one of these great moments with President Obama with kids, and it's made its way in all these aggregation of photos around the world. And I was working for him in the White House at the time when Aaliyah was born, and he, knowing full well, the father of two daughters himself, and having been a elected official and worked as a civil rights lawyer, he knew the pressures that that had on the family. And he was very, you know, candid with me about how I needed to be sensitive to Michelle, my wife and understand that I'm the job I'm in is stressful and I need to support her. And he asked me to come by, asked us to come by and visit him in the oval office. And and this picture was shot and it became the photo of the day. And uh, it was a, I, at the time, all I was thinking is, please don't throw up on the president. But, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, please don't. But he actually got her to laugh, I think. She did. she was did. smiling at him. Going back to the negative mentoring, or maybe not so much that, but um, there was a person, a mentor in your life, Coach Holmes. And in fact, you lived with him for a while when your uh, mom and stepdad moved away. And um, he taught you something about the acceptance of failure. When you quit, as you spoke earlier about quitting basketball, you talk about how you sat in your car and just cried and cried when you did that because you were just bereft of this thing that had given your life so much joy and so much camaraderie. And you asked him at some point, well, what about his own life? And he told you about how to live with failure.
2: Yes. And, you know, that it's a part of life, you know, that it's uh, something we all deal with and it's about how you respond and how you grow from it. He had dealt with failure in his athletic career. He was a all-American, you know, offensive lineman at Penn State University, one of the best football schools in the nation and uh, had gone to my high school, St. John's, 10 years prior to me and, you was on the track to go to the NFL, but dealt with a devastating injury to his back and was not able to do that and had to deal with how to recalibrate his life. And so he was was uniquely positioned to uh, help me deal with the disappointment and the heartache, but also the, the strategies to rebound and to find purpose in other ways and other things and other gifts. He did it as a teacher, as a mentor, as a coach, and uh, had a tremendous impact on, on me and many, many others in that role.
1: Was he the one who got you to volunteer for AmeriCorps?
2: That was actually Wayne Farrell, who was a, uh, a police officer here in Montgomery County, who, when I come home from North Carolina Central and the coach that had, when I had transferred and the, I didn't know where I was going to, to go to school, who helped me find my way into this AmeriCorps program while I was living with Wayne Holmes. So it was around the same time. But again, another example of multiple people stepping in the void and helping provide guidance and support. Wayne physically with the way I was living and also emotional support and advice. And this other mentor, Wayne Farrell, who was a police officer who I knew through my basketball career as a high schooler, who helped me find some purpose and meaning in that year between when I transferred from North Carolina Central to Catholic University. So just another example of the many, many people who have had an impact.
1: Yes. So it's more than just the seven fathers. Absolutely. And we can all just look in our own lives of the people who have helped us along the way. And I I just want to thank you so much, Will, for all the work that you do in your work as a council person in there in Montgomery County, Maryland, and you're mentoring your own family. And before I go out, I just want to mention My Brother's Keeper. There's a website that people can look up. It's so instructional. As to if you want a program to start in your community or your school or anything, this is just a fantastic program. So I just wanted to mention that before we left, uh, My Brother's Keeper, just look that up on the Internet and you'll find all sorts of resources. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us today, Will. I've been speaking with Will Jawando, a civil rights and education policy attorney, community leader, and author of My Seven Black Fathers, a young activist memoir of race, family, and the mentors who made him whole. And to find out more about his work, go to his website, willjawando.com. And he spells his last name J A W A N. Willjawando.com, or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org, where you can find over 1,700 programs. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. I want to thank you for joining us at the New Dimensions Cafe, and I invite you, please do join us again.
0: You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe.